Welcome to episode 65 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. I am your lovable, venerable, but ruggedly handsome host, Paul McGinty. Whoa. With me tonight are... I told you that. The gorgeous, oh. caramel-colored Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Captain Diesel himself, Matt Cassell. Me? You, buddy. No, no. You've been working out. You're all tattooed. You're thinking about a motorcycle. You are thinking about a motorcycle pretty hard, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should get one. But. Why do you think I should get one? Super dangerous. It's not even that. I don't think you're going to. What, you get to ride it six months of the year? Because you've been thinking about motorcycle or convertible. Yeah. Something open. Well, you can drive it all year. All year long. You can. It's more expensive. Convertible's more expensive. You get a motorcycle. What are you going to do for the six months of the year that you can't drive a motorcycle? Drive my car. So you're not getting rid of the car? No. No, I'm not going to go down to... I thought you were trading this. I thought you were doing it. Trade my car for a motorcycle? For the convertible. Yeah, I would do that for the convertible, but I wouldn't do that for the motorcycle. I think I got to go convertible all the way. Charlie, what do you think? I think that you should... Buy a motorcycle and keep your current car. Be badass. Go all the way, man. Wait, did you just say motorcycle? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I feel like I'm going against what my inner gint is telling me. Because remember a long time ago when I said, Matt, why would you get two full sleeves of tattoos? Yeah. You're not a full sleeve tattoo guy. But he clearly is. And Look I feel like that's the same place that the motorcycle business is coming from. I'm like, Matt, I don't think you're a motorcycle guy. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I've never driven a motorcycle. I don't know if I can keep it on two wheels or if I need the training wheels to start. What makes you feel like you want a motorcycle? Is it like your love of the fawns? Is it... Is it like a... Just over three quarter life crisis or quarter life crisis. You're not that old. No, I've, <clears throat> I've wanted one for a long time, and now I think I'm gonna do it. Just like I wanted tattoos for a long time, and I did it. Don't get a Yamaha. Why not? People make fun of those. Who makes fun of them, and why? Real motorcycle riders. Who? Wait, do you want like a, a motorcycle or a crotch rocket? Well, you know, I. I used to think that I wanted a cruiser style, like a not a Harley, but that style. So a motorcycle. That's what I originally thought, but based on the research that I've done, there's some really good starter bikes that that aren't the cruiser style. They look pretty cool. A lot of different options. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know where to begin. The convertible that I'm thinking about doing would be the the Beetle convertible. Because right now I have a Volkswagen Golf. I'm a big Volkswagen through and through. I'll only buy Volkswagens. So I'm German engineering. A German engineer. Maybe maybe then the BMW motorcycle is the way to go. I don't know. Paul, you're, you're making a very puzzled face. I don't know anything about the BMW motorcycle. I don't either. I don't know if it's some kind of aftermarket thing or if it was like legit several years ago, but Volkswagen made a made a motorcycle. Uh, That sounds bad. Sounds like you don't want that. No. I like Volkswagen. So welcome to the McSauce Motorcycle Podcast. (laughs) We're going to talk carburetors and... Air filters. And all that kind of stuff. Oil changes. 
It is Monday night. Tire pressure. July 21st. We're rolling through the year like nobody's business. Podcasts. We are throwing podcasts at you week after week. And you're like, I can't even keep up with these podcasts. Quit throwing them at me. I can't even keep up with recording them. People are are like, why can't you guys be like that old comic smell? Oh, how dare you. Low blow, but I love you guys. Never met you, but I love you guys. How many episodes are they at? 64 was their last episode. Wait, does that count? Does that count your review? It does count my review. Oh, so they're at 63. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. They actually have them titled. They're at 64 um, actual episodes. I am a part of that old comic smell. (laughs) Like my podcast horror identity. I just like to go around to different podcasts. If if I were you, I would... Send them a tweet about royalties. I would love to go on their show and hang out with them, but I swear a little bit too much. So One of these days, we're going to show up unannounced in Watertown, New York, and be ready to go. We're going to do this podcast mashup. Like a team-up? Yeah, like a team-up. Keeping it in the comic book world. Or do they have team-ups in the wrestling world? I think they do. Yeah, they're called tag teams. Tag teams. Tag teams. Tag teams! in! Woo! But seriously, everybody, that old comic smell, go and check them out. Is this housekeeping? Highly entertaining. Not quite yet. Okay, sorry. But now it's housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Okay, if you like that old comic smell, which I just told you about, then you like us, which you're listening to, you know you love us. Go to mixos.com, check out the strips, reviews, and the podcast on Wednesday. Go to the Facebook fan page and like us. Tell us about what you're looking for from this podcast. Tell us if you want interviews. Tell us if you want us to do more themed episodes like we did last year with our Star Wars or earlier in uh, this year we did Green Lantern and a different bunch of different movie reviews. Tell us what you want. We want to help you out and give you all the things that you want from your podcast. So Facebook page, you can go to iTunes to download the podcast as well as Podomatic and Stitcher Radio on iTunes rate and review leave us some stars and some comments and some feedback and if you do that or if you decide I don't want to go to iTunes and leave you digital feedback I want to give you feedback in person the Pittsburgh Comic Con at the Monroeville Convention Center September 26th through the 28th McSauce will be appearing there. It will be Matt Cassell, Paul McGinty, Ian Sharpley, and Dominic Yossi sitting around, hawking our wares, talking about the comic books that we love. You know what I? You know what I might do? I think I'm gonna debut my first strip at the Pittsburgh Comic Con. Oh, you hear that, everybody? An exclusive, just over two months away. I'm going to start it tonight, so that way I'm certain to have it halfway done by the time the Comic-Con rolls around. At this year's con, we will have free buttons. We will have character buttons, famous characters, not-so-famous characters, like Sauce and Gint from the script. But we'll also have Wolverine and Batman for all you mainstreamers. Uh, We may have some posters for sale. Uh, We're going to have some fun stuff. At the McSauce table, we're going to be in a big room. We're not going to be in Artist Alley this year. We stepped up our game. 
just a little bit, and then the people we stepped up our game for bailed on us. But we're going to carry the torch, we're going to make it happen, it's going to be a good time. So now, come out and support us, we know that you love us and you want to see us do well, so come by and honestly, it's a good time just to walk around and take in the sights at ComCon. If you've never been there, it's, it's pretty fun. A lot of good, interesting things for you to see. A lot of famous artists and a lot of not-so-famous artists. So stop by the 26th through 28th in September. And the the costume contest seems to be a big draw for non-comic book hard cases. Hard cases? Hard like cases. drug addicts? Like, my, yeah, like, like, our, like ourselves that are balls deep into comic books. But if you're a... If you're a uh, fringe fan, casual, casual okay. fan. If you you watch Arrow sometimes, you know, come out see the comic book or see the costume contest. The uh, big voting extravaganza on Sundays, and that's when all the crazies come out with their crazy costumes, and that's what you want to see. Crazies at the Comic Con. You don't go to the furry convention just to see people dressed up as furries. You go to see real, live humans shit in a litter box. Those people will poop on you, so you don't want to go to... Uh, what is it called? Is that our first swear of the episode, by the way? Uh, I, I forgot so. all about it. In an attempt to be like that old comic smell, because one of the things that we admire about them is their ability to not be profane, where we say swear words all the time. I think we made about nine minutes in, unless we had another one earlier. That's okay. We're going to keep going. We're going to try not to swear so much tonight. Now, how do you guys think I'm going to get to the Comic-Con on September 26th? You will be driving in the car that you currently have, and you will have not made a decision because decision-making is... It's not my forte. Not in your wheelhouse? No. That's why I have friends... That tell me conflicting opinions, so that way I'm even more confused. I think that you should get the motorcycle. It's dangerous. I would never do it. But get the motorcycle. <laughs> Paul, you I, said... I'm car. I'm car all the way. But you're concerned that I, I do not embody the the persona that, that a motorcycle rider I think if, would, he, if he grows his beard the full way out... Don't you think that full beard? I've been a, I've been a fan of bearded Matt our entire relationship because the first day I met you, you got a beard. And yeah. I was like, I was like, look at this badass! I think it could shaving, be really solid. Too. Shaving sharp angles into this beard. Before I knew that's just how it grew. But yeah, I, I you know part of me I, I don't think you're a Harley guy. No, I, I don't think, think so if either. you go like some kind of crotch rocket, I'd be like, all right, that's more that's more image Matt, but. I also wasn't into the, the sleeves either. So. And now you can't imagine him without the sleeves. It's part of his personality. Do I, the sleeves not work still? No, I, I don't give it a second thought. Okay. All right. So, don't worry about what I'm doing over here, motherfucker. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this, that old comic smell, no swearing bullshit. <laughs> I can't do it. You guys go nuts. If you guys want to have no swear day, that's great. I can't handle it. Well, I'm going to keep trying. I'd like to swear less. So. Why? Because uh, I swear all the time. Do you? 
All the time. Do you swear all I the time? I swear all the time at work. Or compared to no. podcasts that don't I, swear. No, 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 no. I swear all the I'm talking about, like, in my personal life. I swear what all the time. And I talk on the phone for a living. What kind of swears? The the, the, the MF or swears? Like the holy mothers of swears? All the time. Like the see you next Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I call people. You'll drop a cunt like it ain't no thing. Yeah, you just went there. Matt, what do you got for us? Do you have? Do you think you have a problem swearing? Do you think this will this will do good if we try to not? No, I just thought it would be kind of fun to see if we can do a, it. Yeah, it's a fun experiment. I think probably after we shut the microphone off, I'll go back to my. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to clean up my act altogether. You're probably the most clean. You of think us so? All. I think so. Yeah. I thought maybe you were the more. more really? <laughs> no, oh, Matt. No, am I? Am I really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're the good guy of the podcast. Yeah. Something's gotta be. As we come counterclockwise around the table. I think it gets worse. It gets, it gets worse. Well, you know, you know, Ian's in that, like, kind of light, dark side kind of thing. <laughs> to get all the way. Oh, let's not get racial. <laughs> and by the time you get to the blackness of your far side of the table. As, as If I remember correctly, we... We examined how black your heart is in our Christmas episode. We did that. We also voted on who was the biggest douchebag on the show, and Paul won that. That was a long, that was a long time ago. I think it's probably time to vote again. Recast the New vote. vote. Who is the biggest douchebag? That That's a fun Facebook challenge out there for the fans. I'll put fun it out Facebook, there. Twitter challenge. Don't be, don't be afraid you're going to offend us. Some of us, like myself. Revel in the title of Biggest Douchebag on the Podcast. Yeah, that's true. But you do take criticism harshly. I am a poor loser. You are. You are. That's I make no bones about But that. if you were voted Biggest Douchebag, you look at it as if you've won, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, take Absolutely. that into consideration, McSauce fans, when you vote this week. So, speaking of Biggest Douchebags... For the first time in my entire life, last week I watched Big Trouble in Little China. Uh-oh. A movie that is one of Matt's favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Matt, rank it. Is, give it a number. Your favorite movies. We know you love three original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Jaws. Mm-hmm. Where does... Dutch. Big Trouble... Dutch. I do like Dutch. I love Dutch. Where does um, Big Trouble in Little China rank? It's probably in the top ten. If, if I can combine... Sagas into as one, so like the Lord of the Rings movies, one. Star Wars. Star Wars one. Indiana Jones would be one. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters isn't quite on my list, but Karate Kid. That's not quite there, but we're talking we're, these movies. Those two that you mentioned, Back in the Future, could be in my top twenty. Could be in my top twenty. All of the James Bond movies. I don't. The Born Identity. I've never seen one James Bond movie all the way through. I saw GoldenEye once. And, and, and I saw the one after that in the theater, but I had this killer fucking headache, and I couldn't Tomorrow concentrate. Never dies? Yeah, that's Is that the right? one. Okay. And I hated it because I was in agony. I'm a fan of the Daniel Craig stuff, Casino Royale. Quantum of Solace, not so good. I heard good things about the recent one, which I'm drawing a blank on. But uh, Casino Royale was really good, man. I, I really, really liked that was one. Was it? 
Was am I sure it was good? I liked it. I yeah, it was I'm sure kind of kind of boring, wasn't it? I was into it. I, I liked parkour it. in the beginning, and then it was poker that, for like two is, hours. Was Casino Maybe Royale I like parkour and poker. The one where he's jumping between like buildings through windows and the beginning parkour. Of so, yeah, is that what happens? Yeah, yeah, that part was the, really cool. I think I saw the beginning of that. Yeah. So, Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China, I would say, makes the top ten. If, if I was going to rank my movies, okay, Star Wars, Christmas Story, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, Jaws. Um, Evil Dead. Evil Dead's in there. Um, fucking Big Trouble in Little China. Is a little backstory. Matt and I had some difference of opinion when it came to the original Robocop. No. You still like the original Robocop? I did, yeah. I do. When I recently rewatched it, it didn't it didn't give me what I wanted. It didn't hold up like I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I saw it when I was nine, ten. Yeah. And you didn't you didn't hold that over the years. Like it didn't stay with you. No, as no, you as you no up. sentimental value. Right. I am willing to admit my love for Monster Squad, maybe partly because of sentimental value. Yeah, movie I grew up with. Uh, I have never seen Big Trouble in Little China before. I thought I saw parts of it. No, not even. I watched this movie from start to finish for the first time last week at my advanced age. So I have no sentimental attachment to this movie, and I would give it on a scale of one to ten. Seven. Whoa! Wow. It was good. Extremely high. Any any negativity that I can place on it is mainly because of the passage of time. It's from 1983. Some of the it was? Yeah. Some of the effects. No, were, it was from like 19... 87? 86? 86. Even so, 86. Like any. Kim Cattrall was a super hot young chick in this movie. That's how you know. Some problems I had with it were just attributed to the passage of time. Chiefly, the one thing I could not shake through the entire movie were Kim Cattrall's terrible contact lenses. I know the the green eyes are central to the plot, but when. The Asian girl has the green eyes. It's fine because you don't see her very often. Mm-mm. But you see Kim Cattrall a lot. And every time I saw her, she had these big, thick, solid green contacts. And I've seen enough of Kim Cattrall to know that that's not what her eyes look like. And this isn't a problem just from the 80s. Like, this is still a problem recently. Like, Fantastic Four and Jessica Alba. You can't make a girl that has essentially black irises a, a blue-eyed chick. You can't do it. And while it wasn't such a horrible affrontery in Big Trouble in Little China, every time I saw King Kim Cattrall, it, it pulled me right out of the movie. But I understand why they did it. I understand why it was the 80s. I'm not going to deduct points for that. No, 80, no decade swing. Just uh, you, you leave the points on the board. There I think still give it a fair. I think a seven rating. is a pretty good number. No, it's extremely for, high 
for a movie that is um, suspect to some poor 80s effects and something that I don't have any sentimental attachment to. I feel like I can never go backwards in time and watch things from decades and decades ago that I've never watched before and give it a really high grade. I, that I, was that was the way that I felt about Caddyshack. Yeah. You know, it's it's universally praised. Okay, well, here I come, coming in for the first time, or maybe the second time, but having remembered nothing, um, I thought it was beyond mediocre. Like, it was... It's not funny. No, it's not. No. The hype is so high on that that there's almost no way that you can watch it and appreciate it in the way that the people of that era watched it and thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And I think that's something that helped Big Trouble in Little China because Goonies has that Caddyshack craze, even more so than Caddyshack craze, I think. But the only time I hear how great Big Trouble in Little China is is when I talk to our very own image, Matt Cassell. So it doesn't have that worldwide craze to it. So I went in with different expectations. Mm -hmm. The second point that I wasn't crazy about was with this movie told me was that if you're Chinese, you are a sweet martial artist. You can you can do everything. If you are Chinese in the 80s, you are totally cleaning house at the All-Valley Karate Championship. Well, I mean, that goes along with all the racial stereotypes of the 80s. And well, the, the one guy, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the... His buddy. Not his buddy, but his... Buddy's buddy, the guy that the ugly one, the uglier Eddie Lee, Eddie Lee, Eddie, yeah, he did not know martial arts. No. Did you like the sequence when when they get a couple guns and they like all switch hands real quick and they're like, wait, how did I end up yeah, with this? Yeah, but Eddie Lee knew some shit. Not as much as I guess Wang Chi. He didn't know martial arts, right? See, because what I really liked about Wang Chi is that they set up. Kurt Russell is the big Han Solo type character. He's going to go in, he's going to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and he's all out of bubblegum. And Wang Chi's like, I'm fucking in love with this girl. i got to save her no matter what the cost. And they set him up as kind of the lovable loser. But then when he gets into some shit, he takes out an entire room of thugs with some badass martial arts. And it pulled me out of that character. I was like, you know what, I really like this guy, because he was willing to face insurmountable odds, but they weren't so insurmountable because this guy... He had some shit in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah he, he, he pulled a card out of his sleeve. Right. Well, um, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, the director of this movie, once described it as it's a movie about, you know, you got the Jack Burton, Kurt Russell character who thinks he's the hero of the movie, but he's really not. The hero is Wang Chi, but... Jack Burton thinks he's the hero. I mean, right. he gets, in the sequence you're referencing, he knocks himself unconscious. Right? That, that brings me to the next two points I wanted to, to bring up. Um, the movie made me laugh out loud twice. <laughs> in ridiculous scenes. Like, when he shoots, he shoots a gun into the air and shoots the ceiling. And he knocks And the ceiling out. comes down and knocks himself out. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> but I guess, you know, the way it was done, it made me laugh out loud. But then at the end of the and fight, when he, like, jumps back into the fight and it's already taken care of. And he's in the uh, he's in the elevator with Kim Cattrall. And they have this moment, and they kiss. And then the next scene, he rolls in real badass to meet Lo, or what, Lopan. What's the guy's name? Lopan. And he, had, and he looks like he's wearing lipstick. 
<laughs> He's got her lipstick all over. And those are two legitimately funny scenes. But like, I, I wanted, I wanted Jack Burton to be like Han Solo or Hal Jordan. But I feel like there was some, there was a little bit of humility that Harrison Ford put into Han Solo and Indiana Jones that Kurt Russell didn't really get across. Like I feel or like was that the character or was that purposeful? I think it was purposeful. They're they're different. I mean, they're they're almost the same, but one, one is the character of the other. Yeah, one, one guy thinks he's Han Solo. Han Solo just is Han, Han Solo. Yeah, but see, I didn't I didn't get that from Jack Burton because I feel like with like with Han Solo and Indiana Jones, they go into every situation like, okay, don't worry, I've got this. Total machismo. I've got this under control. But in the back of their heads, the way Harrison Ford plays both of those characters, he's like, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. But I feel like Kurt Russell's Jack Burton goes into every situation totally confident. Yeah, I've got this. Even though he doesn't. Like, there isn't an underlying humility with Jack Burton. And that's... I was looking for a little bit more of that with that character. Uh But, I mean... I think that's what adds to his humor, though. It's like he's not in on the joke that we all are. Yeah, any any gripes I would have about this movie are so tiny. Um, like the the kind of ape monster thing with 80s... Oh, yeah, yeah. ...doesn't... Rub, big rubber mask, big rubber wobbly fingers. But what I did like about that is that they never explain what the fuck that is. Why they have that thing in the basement or any of that. So like I, I like that part of it that there's some mysteries that go absolutely unsolved in today's movie storytelling style. You'd have to have some kind of backstory and build that because people, you know, are so into the minutia of all the things that. Well, why you have to explain it to me? I have to know. I like the three storms, the way they show up and everything. I what? Who was who was the biggest badass? Of the, the three storms, there was Electric Guy, Katana Guy, and who the other one. Who was the other one? I, I don't... He just had... Um, is it Carter Wong? I don't know his name. The guy that exploded at the end. He got so Thunder? angry. I guess he was Thunder. He got so angry that he just <laughs> blew up. And what was, what was really, really funny, like earlier in the day I was... I was online looking up something, and I, I saw some headline that was the ten most ten most insane movie deaths. Oh, I was looking up um, uh, what was the summer camp movie? Meatballs? No, that's a what's a horror movie? Friday the Thirteenth. No, it's way worse than that. But it has the best twist ever at the end that I won't give up. Anyhow, I was looking Is up from the eighties. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get back to it in a second. I was I was looking up stuff from that movie, and I saw a headline that said like ten funniest movie deaths, and that was that was the picture they used of oh, thunder geez. blowing up and exploding, and I had no idea what it was. And then like forty five minutes later, there it is. That's, That's awesome, man. But that guy was so fucking ugly. <laughs> I couldn't wait till Kirk. Kurt Russell fucked him up because he was so furious. He and didn't. So mad Wang, Wang Chi beat him. On. He because he was trying to Thunder get Wang Chi, this and Wang Chi just did like hair and the white eyebrows. I'm looking at here. Is that right? This guy. 
No. No. Oh that's not no, that's to do with all the katanas. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is thunder. Because that dies, he's, right? He's so intense all the time, and I like I'm not a I'm not a martial arts guy, and this was a heavy martial arts movie. There was a lot of posturing, like whenever they're getting ready for the wedding, and they have the two girls like up at I guess the backside of the altar, and they bring down each of the elements. And they the all three storms. The three storms, and they do their bit in front of them. Thunder was the silliest because his face is just so intense. And yeah. He's making noises, and his his hands are so bleeding, or his breathing yeah. was so like you could see the wind coming out of those nostrils. Like you are fucking ugly. <laughs> but ultimately, all said and done, I would recommend Big Trouble. That was a that was a cool movie. Best use of neon lighting this side of Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't over the top and silly. Heavy, toward the heavy end there, toward the end there, in, in the film, in the dungeons of Lopan's lair or whatever. Yeah, that's not like, and um, I don't know how. Well, I guess we're gonna find out in a minute how you would feel about this, but this is a movie I'd like to see them remake. Because I feel like there's a lot of elements in it, not just supernatural effects where they can make the ape guy completely CG and more threatening, but they could do a lot of the wire work better now, and a lot of the martial arts better. Like I think this is a movie that would absolutely benefit from modern movie making technology. I'm looking at a picture of Nathan Fillion as you know the Kurt Russell role. He's too old to be Jack Burton. The Jack Burton would either have to be Bradley Cooper. Or, or Michael Sarah, or um, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, yeah, because yeah. he has that like sense of humor. Plus, he could also be the leading hero. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, they remade uh, the the Halloween movies, the John Carpenter Halloween movies, and frankly, I probably like the Rob Zombie ones better. Yeah, well, just, I like Rob Zombie's Halloween one better than maybe. Man, that is like so fucking wrong to say that. Better than John Carpenter. It's your opinion. If it's your opinion and you believe it, yeah. It's John Carpenter's right Halloween say. one was really good. What do you owe to John Carpenter? You don't know anything to John Carpenter. You don't know that guy. You can say Rob Zombie's is better if that's how you feel. What do I owe to Rob Zombie? Nothing. That's your opinion. Well, I know. I like them both. I like them both. But anyway, when they remade a great movie, this is your decision making right there. You can't make a decision on which Halloween you like. I know. They remade Halloween, and it was just as awesome, if not awesomer. And you know what? I say go ahead and remake Big Trouble in Little China. The only movie I feel like is we dislike the rebooting and. And rescripting and and resurrecting old properties. I don't mind it as long as it's good. Usually, I have no problem with it. I never want to see them do that to Star Wars. I never want to see them reboot Indiana Jones. But they will do Indiana Jones. You know that, right? They probably will. Yeah. There's there's still a certain amount that I, I would like them to reboot Star Wars or reboot. Not so much Indiana Jones because I think we got to see. Indiana Jones at the peak of everything he could do. I don't think there were any stones left unturned at the time those movies were Maybe made. Maybe some Shankara stones. 
But with with Star Wars, you know, you want to see better lightsaber battles. You want to see more force effects used. It's such a broad universe. Be as powerful as they make him out to be throughout that original trilogy. But something like Big Trouble in Little China, like just from a technical standpoint, I think would be. Re- I would like to see it redone. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I would like the remake better, but you know, like I think they could both stand on the own. I think I'm sorry to interrupt, oh, but no, I no. think I think they could remake um, the other John Carpenter movie with Kurt Russell, uh, Escape from New York. Because Escape from New York, while it's a very cool premise and it's got this really eerie world that they've created, it just doesn't feel rich enough. It feels a little bit you you just you can see all the limitations and what they were trying because they were going big. They were basically taking New York City and turning it into a. Of just a free for all, you know, and and I feel like with today's technology, it would it would live up to what their original vision was. Well, they're remaking Mad Max. Yeah, they kind of similar. Yeah, kind of. Of course, I've never I've never seen I've never seen the originals either. Neither have I. The new one looks good. Podcast. So one, one thing that what I was other thinking, movies have we all not seen? One thing that I was thinking about as we were talking about, and I've never seen uh, Big Trouble in Little China or Mad Max. There are a lot of things that I haven't seen. We should have done, because we're never going to read books, because that's not who we are, but we will watch movies. We should have had like a McSaw summer movie watching list and filled it out like, I'm going to watch these 25 movies this summer. Or like, these are the movies that I recommend to you. That you should watch. You should watch these ten. Matt should tell you these are the ten that I'd have you watch. I think we should do that. Well, you know what? Fortunately, once the winter rolls around, we're going to be stuck inside for a bigger portion of the time. We can do McSauce Winter Watching Movie Thon. A Winter Wonderland. Right we should- after we get that Halloween episode out of our system. <laughs> True. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I did. I. I'm surprised that you liked it as much as you did. I'm glad that you gave it a fair shot. I hate whenever Paul disproves the (laughs) narrow-minded, one-track thing that we're trying to build here. The character that we're trying to create on this podcast doesn't understand that he's playing a role. And you know what? My my narrow-mindedness... Narrow-mindedness... (laughs) <laughs> My narrow-mindedness is going to happen more often than not. Yeah. It's not often I'm going to be open to the whole world, but I think this is two in a row between Nailbiter and Big Trouble in Little China. You're welcome. This also is playing against the Matt-like stuff that sticks. I don't well, know no, why. No, no. Matt, Matt does like stuff that sticks. Like what? Like, well, I guess you really didn't like Burn the Orphanage. No, Burn the Orphanage was well, good. Let's go with number one on the list. Prequels. The prequels. You like those and they stink. No, they don't. <laughs> You're both bitter old men that are That's stuck right. Get off my lawn, Jar Jar. Yeah, well, you know, we we talked about Robocop. Wasn't feeling it, but... Um, See, I would have yeah, thought like, that you would have liked Robocop better than Big Trouble in Little China because I feel like... Big Trouble in Little China shows its age from a technical standpoint more than... There's nothing in... I don't... I never watched it, but from a distance, 
doesn't seem like there's anything there. It seems like a kung fu '80s action film. A lot of martial arts. That doesn't seem like that. Way more martial arts than I expected. That doesn't line up with anything that I know that you like. Yeah, but it's. I mean, the whole crux of the movie is supernatural shit. Ian, would you give it a shot? Would you check it out? Yeah, watch it. I would have watched it before the glowing review. I just haven't got around to it. I don't know. Is it? How did you watch it, Paul? Did you see it on I, demand? I, I did you, DVR'd it? It. you DVR'd it? Okay. I DVR'd it on a movie channel, not okay. on like ABC Family or something. So I got to watch the original uncut. Yeah. Big Trouble. I may have to take a look through Netflix or Amazon. Surely after the movie starts, there's a huge... Kung Fu karate street fight between these two martial arts gangs. I mean, what else could you want? Yeah. Well, for me, probably not as many martial arts. <laughs> you know, uh, the only there's only three martial arts movies that I love, and that's Karate Kid one, two, and three. As soon as a movie gets heavy in a martial arts, I'm out. What about the next Karate Kid? Did you oh, ever see that? Yeah, I was alright with the next Karate Kid. Hillary Swank. I never Karate, saw it. Right? I think I just saw bits of it, but it looked pretty rotten to me. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it was. It was rotten. It was something different. Yeah. Oh, that was the Jaden Smith one. No, no, that no, was no, rotten. That's rotten. Okay. Four. So three had. Danielson in it mm-hmm. again. Yeah, three was and then the next Karate Kid and Terry Silver is. Hillary Swank, right? right. Correct. Okay. That's the fourth one. All right. Yeah, but the first three, excellent. Watch them all day, all night. Is Karate Kid three better than Karate Kid two? No. So does the order go one, two, three? Yeah. Three. I thought two was really good. Two, two is, is the one where they go to Japan, where they go to right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Chosen is the main sweet. bad guy. And Chosen's fucking psycho. He's great. Baby, want this rattle? Yeah! Chosen! He will fuck your day up! Daniel I remember the ass. Peter Cetera. And he was only well, he was wearing jeans. Well, Daniel Daniel gets it handed to him. Well, yeah, but he gets up and he does the drum punch all over his fucking face. He does. I just swore. He does. You, Chosen was you already punch. swore earlier. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I, I would I'd probably go one, two, three. One and two are real close. Didn't, didn't they film those back to back? No. That was way before doing was stuff it? like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Maybe it's because... But two picks two? up right where in the parking lot of yeah. the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Yeah, 80, 84 and 86. I really liked... Two. I really liked um, three with, with introducing the, the new villain, Terry Silver, mm-hmm. who played, played it like he was a good guy. And you knew he was bad from the beginning, but... You almost you wanted to like him because he was so damn likable. I'm down on my Karate Kid lore. Is that high up there? Is that in your top ten of film franchises, Matt? Karate Kid? No, I wouldn't put it in my top ten, but I would put it in my top twenty. Yeah, the the part that always freaked me out watching that as a kid was when he's having Daniel break boards and like Daniel's hands are getting all bloody. And he's just like, keep going, just keep going, keep going. Holy fuck, this guy's a bad guy. But we knew he was a bad guy from the very beginning of the movie. The way he was, like, 
in, in with... Um, I always expected more from Terry Silver. What do you mean? He, he showed that he was friends with... Um, I wanted him oh, to... What was his I name? wanted him to... With John Kreese. John Kreese, I wanted yeah. him to have the hero turn. Well, that never turn. happens, does it? No, it doesn't. That's why it was so traumatic for me. I may have... Well, Darth Vader did that, that right? At all. I'm not recognizing... Anything Ian, have you ever seen this? a movie before? I've never seen this one. You've never seen Karate Kid 3? I don't think so. I'm looking at the statistics here, and I'm unsure. And then, like, Daniel has this weird relationship with this girl, but they're just kind of like friends, and then all of a sudden she's gone. It was like, well, wait, what, what was the point of that? She's just gone. She didn't even stick around as a friend. She just... Before the tournament even happens, to to give him a hug oh, afterwards. Fuck yeah, that's Robin Lively. Robin Lively. I would have cut off an arm Here we go. for Robin Lively in my formative years because Robin Lively was in uh, The Boy Who Could Fly. Yeah, she was. She was also in Wildcats with Goldie Hawn. She was in. She has red curly hair that goes against your. This is a new Paul McGinty that is sitting here before me. It doesn't seem like the same chick or the same kind of things that uh, you'd be entering into. Yes, intern into. Yeah, she was in The Boy You Can Fly, and she was also in both Not Quite Humans. I worshipped those Not Quite Human movies when I was a kid. Either of you? you I don't know where... Are we an alternate dimension? I don't know what you guys are talking about anymore. I know know our buddies over at that old comic smell are familiar with Not Quite Human. Not Quite Human. Starring Jay Underwood as Chip Carson, the robot made by his father, Alan Thicke. No, No, nothing. Jay Underwood, the same kid that was the boy in The Boy Who Could Fly. Keep going. I I might know it if you keep going. I've got nothing on this thing. Man, you guys are missing out. But these are these are movies that I know if you went back and watched now, you'd go not watch them. These are giant pieces of shit. But I'll watch them now and be like, oh my god, I probably like them. So you know, you said the touch myself. you said the boy that can fly, and and I know what that movie is oh, about the asshole that stands on top of his roof. Yeah. But I for whatever reason Fred I had Sa- or, yeah, Fred Savage is in it. Yeah, but I had in my head the the boy in the bubble. With John Travolta living in the in the plastic bubble, do you remember that? And he had to like go out into the world in that like weird air suit thing. John Travolta was in that. Yeah, dude. Was he? Yeah. They okay. made a. They. I guess they did the Bubble read. Boy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, I know that one. That's not. Yeah. I don't know. Robin Lively was even in an episode of Psych. My sign that you're really sad that is uh, gone, right? I am really sad that Psych is gone. Yeah, Robin Lively, I mean, her and Eric Oleniak, they had such a huge part. Wasn't she in Playboy? Yeah, she was. Miss July 1989. Whoa! You know it. I don't know. Do you know that? No, I don't know that. I thought he knew it. I know it because she was in Under Siege with Steven Seagal, and they brought Miss July 1989 on the aircraft carrier, and it was her. And then they had to fight Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, she really, she really was, and she played herself on it's that. True. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, was that that was a deep cut, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. That was a deep cut. Ding ding, deep cut. 
July 1989. Well done. Well done, Matt. I respect you just a little bit more, huh? Thank you. A little extra creep on that. I like it. I don't know how it's extra creep. It's common knowledge under siege, Stephen Spock. Man, Robin Robin Lively. Taking me back. What else are we going to talk about tonight, Sharply? 80s hair. No. Speaking of 80s hair, we're going to talk about some movies that started a few years before the 80s. The Star Wars We are going to talk about a film that takes place after another film from 1983 called Return of the Jedi. You know what they had in Return of the Jedi? Ewoks. What what kind of vehicles did they have? Uh, The... The bikers on Endor, then? Those are speeder bikes, asshole. Well, they he's never had, seen it, I, so he wouldn't know. Adass and ATSTs. That's right. They had Star Destroyers and Super Star Destroyers. They had those, those wheel things. A Millennium Falcon, B-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings, TIE Fighters, TIE Interceptors. What were those, did like... TIE, did the TIE Bombers make an appearance in Jedi? I don't think so. What were those, like, things that went over the sand... Like, they were kind of like, it was a like sail a barge, barge, a skip, but it was like, a it sand went over crawler? the sand, and yeah, it like floated, but oh, I had people sail on barge. it. Would you count Dubax as a vehicle or an animal? Were the they animal. in that film? In the, the special Dubac? editions they were. Were they? In Return of the Jedi? Oh, well, maybe not. I guess Panthers. Panthers, yeah. yeah. Anyhow. They had X-Wings. X-Wing. Everyone's favorite Star Wars vehicle, the Incom T-65 X-Wing fighter. What is that? Remind me. It's a a starfighter of the Rebel Alliance. Oh, the bad guys, right? The bad guys. And its wings spread open in the ship. When you look at it head on... Wait, wait, wait. It looked like the letter C. It looks like a letter X, which makes no sense whatsoever, because in Star Wars, they do not have the English alphabet. Do they not? I guess they don't. So they're they calling show, it, like, uh, yeah. all the letters have these weird shapes. Although, if you go back to the original Star Wars, the, there is some writing throughout, like, the Death Star and stuff, whenever Obi-Wan is deactivating the, um, the tractor beam, mm-hmm. remember? Uh, it, it had, like, a... a on the gauge, it said, like, power and on-off or something like that. But they've since gone back, and they've digitally removed that, and now it has the, the Star Wars lettering, which is... Was that a choice somewhere along, like, uh, Empire yeah. into Jedi yes. that we're going to... Yeah, it was it was after the original Star Wars that I think they decided they weren't going to use real English letters. So you now we're that stu- choice? Yeah, I'm fine with that. We're stuck with all these... Lettered vehicles, though, an A-wing. I mean, it looks like an A. It kind of does, like a capital A, right, if you turn it up on its side. But there's no A in the Star Wars universe. The Y-wing looks like a Y, but, you know, there's there's no Y in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense. Paul, explain that to me. How do we rationalize this? Mm. How do we rationalize that? I got nothing. But it's it's not something that I'm going to have a hang-up about. I feel like if it was in the prequels, you would. But because it's in your beloved... Because it's in your beloved original trilogy, it's your fine. Your precious original trilogy. No, it's true. But whatever. I mean, well, you're more you know forgiving what? I, I, think I, I think I stopped giving the Gungans 
a hard time in regards to the prequels. Jar Jar, the exception, because he was just... Jar Jar was a... He was yeah, an over-the-top character. Yeah, yeah. But the Gungans in general, even like Boss Nass, I think I gave less of a hard time to because of, well, if we saw the Ewoks at our advanced age, we'd probably hate them too. Yeah. So, yeah. um... Yeah, I, I wish I could really rationalize the, the lettered wings of the Rebel lines. but And I never understood the B-wing. How does that thing look like a B? It doesn't. It's a fucking X. It's another X. <laughs> it's a T. It's a T-wing. Yeah, it's a T-wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Maybe that'll be B-wing? the opening scene in Episode 7, like the renaming of the B-wing. Maybe, maybe, it's, no, maybe it's like this. It's not it's not a letter X wing. Or it's not a letter B wing, but the word E C or E C K in the Star Wars language or the le- the word B E E is what they're referring to. That's not so much the name of a letter. It's a bit of a stretch, but, you know, we can go That's what that. George Lucas left us. Stretches, Ian. That, those are the mental leaps we need to make. So now that we... Who's with me? So now that we've beaten to death the alphabet of the Star Wars universe, why don't we get to the actual happenings? We have some spoilers that we might want to talk about. We also have the little clip from J.J. Abrams and said X-Wing. Matt, take it away. Well, they, they're still running that promotion right now with um, UNICEF. UNICEF, where if you donate $10, I believe, to this foundation, you are entered in a drawing to be in Episode 7. They'll fly you out to England, they'll put you in the movie, you get to visit the set, all that kind of stuff, and you get an early screening of the movie in your town with you and all your friends. I really like the How way... How many friends? I don't know. I really like the way J.J. Abrams and the crew are doing this. That you know, They're giving a little tease from the movies while they're supporting this good cause because the majority of the people don't give a fuck about Eunice. I don't know what it is. But if they keep giving you, you know, a little... They give you something from the movie here. They give you, you know, 30 years in the future X-Wing there. You know, you see a couple of these guys here. They're like, all right, you know, got to... Give a donation to UNICEF. At the risk of sounding like a dope, I believe UNICEF is a world hunger organization that feeds people. Okay. You can Google it right now and prove me wrong. But that yeah. is my stab yeah. at it. Daddy's on it. So, anyway, the, the what they wanted to do was let you know that this is the last week that they're accepting donations for this uh, uh, contest. And... Um, like they did with the first one where they had the, the real animatronic alien walk by. In this one, they were outside the set, I think, in England, and they showed um, uh, what, what looks to be the, the, the new version of the X-Wing Starfighter, what it's going to look like 35 years after the Battle of Endor from Return of the Jedi. And it doesn't look that different, really. It's, it maybe looks a little sleeker, and it looks very battle-damaged. And instead of red on the sides, Paul, it's blue. It's blue. It's got a blue stripe. The color of all great organizations, right? Blue. That's right, Ian. And also, I didn't see any R2 unit in it. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And I think the angle the angle that it's set at, we would see the head 
the little piece of an R2 unit sticking up on the back. And we also or get to see an, R, an R5 unit. We also get to see an X-Wing pilot walk up where he is in recognizable and not really changed uniform. I mean, it looks like the uniform state it pretty much looks similar. the same, yeah. UNICEF is a United Nations program headquartered in New York City that provides long-term humanitarian and developmental assistance to children and mothers in developing countries. Food, right? I'm sure food is part, part of, of it. Yeah, that so developmental assistance. You are right. Yeah, from a certain point of view. Is anyone upset that the X-wing pilot looked pretty similar to what we've already seen? He kind of looked like Jack Porkins. He was kind of a fatter guy, wasn't he? Or was that just the bulk well, of the costume? I'm, I mean, the costume in general. Like, do you maybe want, it was Porkins' son. Thirty years in the future, do you want that costume to be a lot different, or do you want? I think that the do you re- want it to be what the reaction about? from the prequels is so was was such a uh, tangible bad reaction from things being different that I think that they're trying to go out of their way to make things so similar. And make the X-wing fighter, you know, just as dirty and just as battle damaged, and really similar, and all the uniforms look pretty close. And go back to some traditional effects processes, even even stuff like that. I think they're trying to match it up with the original trilogy, which people said they loved. Well, let's let's look at it in a real world scenario. It doesn't make any sense that it would be the same in a it, real world scenario. It makes, yeah, it makes. Similar sense, you know, you have the general attire, shorts and a t-shirt from 1984 to 2004, that's not, that's the, not really different. The uniforms for the, well, you're, you're not really making a good line there, like, is the uniform of the military from today, from 1983, is that the same? I have to say it's a little different. Do you know what a fighter pilot looks like from 1983? I would venture to guess that it's different. My guess is their jumpsuit is darker. Otherwise, don't they still just wear jumpsuits and shit? I think that there would be technological advances. From Let's talk about the real world. A flight suit from 1983 till now is going to be different. Yeah. Um... In a society that we're talking about in Star Wars, where there's a lot of technological advances and they probably happen quicker than we have them now. But, do, say, but, do, but do they? Because the Star Wars universe is a beat-down, dirty universe. True. Maybe they don't have the technological advances that we have over the last 20 well, years. Well, usually... Hey, but, even, but, even, but isn't the beat-down effect of that because they were the rebel forces fighting against the mighty Empire, and now they've won the battle, and they're on top, and they can take the time to fix things, change things. When, I, when I Google Flight Suit 1983, I shouldn't get a barrage of pictures of Peter Venkman. And you also got that poor lady that got blown up on the Challenger. It was hot. Sally Rod. Daddy Likey? No, Daddy doesn't like Daddy Likey! I think in times of war and conflict, though, in the real world, isn't that the time when technological advances are made? When, when governments pour more resources into trying to kind of come up with uh, newer and more efficient weapons and vehicles and things like that? Yeah, but even, even Googling flight suits from 1983... To 2014, 
the look of the suits don't look a whole lot different. Right. The material may be different. Right. The fitting may be different. Right. But what they actually look like is incredibly similar. Well, what I think is going to be more of a, of a difference would be the vehicles. Because if you look at a fighter jet from 1983 versus, like, the latest and greatest that we have now, there's probably a fairly substantial difference aesthetically just looking at them first glance. That's I feel like that's kind of what we're looking at, the difference level between X-Wings from 1983. Yeah, you know, fighter jet from 1983 is Starscream. Yeah. And you're like, now you're not, you're not going to see one of those models in the sky. And you know, well, you know what? It really isn't the whole lot. No, whole lot kind of the same. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd like to thank J.J. Abrams and company really put in the necessary research and work. And, uh, yeah, like I, you know, on top of, I, I think it's pretty accurate the way things are pretty similar from 83 to this movie in 2003 to modern, to our world in this past 2003? Time. 2014. Yeah. Um, I, I also like seeing something really familiar. Like, Which I, is I, why they did all that. I know that when you know the prequel designers retroactively redesigned things going backwards to see, all right, well, in the fifties, this is what this stuff yeah. would look like here. Yeah, I get it, but I like seeing. You know, I can look at that and say, "That's an X point. That's an X wing. I know what that is." Right. So even if it doesn't actually line up chronologically with the passage of time and, you know, the learning of new technology. I like that it's recognizable. Well, not only that, but in, in Star Wars and the prequels, th- there was no war until the Clone Wars, which was the end of the episode two. So there was nothing really that resembled original trilogy shit until we got to episode three. And by then we're seeing things that kind of look like TIE fighters. Although Darth Maul's ship kind of resembled a TIE fighter too. Yeah, but by the time you get to whatever Anakin and Obi-Wan are flying in the beginning of Episode 3, yeah, those are really the precursor. Yeah, those look like TIE A-wing fighters with or, wings. Yeah. yeah, they're like a mix between an A-wing and a TIE fighter. Yeah. Those are pretty cool ships. So do we think it's a big deal that they're showing all these different Hell things no, from man. the set? I mean, you know, we're a year and a half out at this point. I think it's logical to start seeing shit leak. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to start hearing some some plot details, which maybe we have. There's been a, a rumor. There's been a disturbance. So when's when's Comic Con this weekend? Comic Con is this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't Sunday. think there's going to be any. Ian, when are you leaving for the warm climes of San Diego? I will be going to Comic Con. Friday morning. Our roving reporter. So I'll try to take some pictures at Comic-Con. I'm not sure if I'll do any interviews. No interviews. I'll take some pictures. I thought you had a sit-down schedule with George Lucas and Brian Bendis. I've canceled that. But yeah, I'll take some pictures, put them on site, so that we can take in all the Comic-Con goodness. I expect a busy couple of McSauce episodes following... This weekend of Comic Con madness. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I agree with you, although I don't think we're going to get any Star Wars news outside of shit about the Rebels TV show. Well, uh-huh. I don't think they're going to blow their load at Comic-Con this year. I don't think, I think it's too, too soon for well, them to announce much. There's, there's a difference between blowing your load, like announcing Dwayne Johnson's going to be Shazam, as opposed to any big stuff for Star Wars. Like, I, I think, think we, we might get a poster say, or something like yeah, that. We might get some stills. Something, right? I don't think so. I mean, they're still filming it. They're on set right now. Nobody involved in the movie is going to go to Comic-Con because they're in England right now. I, I just don't feel like it's the timing is right for it. I think we're much more likely to have shit come out maybe, you know, I don't know, like... Six months from now, I think that they'll give us a little taste of something. We'll get. I some. hope so. I. What do you think? They, like a title, maybe. Maybe a title. Maybe some kind well, of something easy. Don't you think that that, that would be something J.J. Abrams or Kathleen Kennedy or somebody would would be there to announce rather than? Do we know there isn't going to be a Star Wars presence at Comic Con? I thought I heard that, but I could be incorrect on I, that. I really don't know. I would imagine that there would be something. It's too big of an event for them to just have no one. Do you feel there. like they, if they were to wait a year from now, that's too close to the release? Yeah, I think so. I think a title, like you said, a title might be fair. Well, by the time next year rolls around, yeah, we'll know. We'll be on top. It's four months out. Six yeah, months I guess out. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it would be fair to have. A title and maybe some other kind of artwork or something to go along with it. Um, a few other stills, stills. maybe a and picture of Luke Skywalker. And this, anything. This is one of the most anticipated movies of all time. So I would really be surprised if Star Wars does, does nothing at Comic Con. Rebels excluded because they've been just pumping Rebels shit out. I don't give a fuck about Rebels. No one gives a fuck about Rebels. People want to know Episode 7. Yeah. I'm going to watch Rebels, but I don't give a shit. I, I, I will also watch it, but I'm not expecting a whole thing. I don't know if I'm going to watch it or not. We know you're not. Let's, For the pur- let's stop right there. Let's, let's quit posture. For the purposes of this show, I'll probably have to watch it. All right, let's, I'm gonna, let's throw this down right now. Let's be honest of how this is really going to go down. And you're not even going to watch it. Probably Matt, not. you're going to be like, yeah, a DVR. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. No, no, no. But you're gonna, never really going to watch gonna it. I'm going to watch it the opening night. Just yeah. like just like our weekly comic books, I will be the only one watching this on a regular basis. That's unfair. I read comic books on a regular basis. You, I do. You read what you want to read. Yeah, you read comics yeah, because on it's, a regular basis. Because it's, but you read whatever on because a Because it's not basis. a job. But you're no, it's not a job. But you don't read, and I also quit things that don't entertain you. You don't, where you slam your head against the wall and read stuff that you don't read or watch. Years serialized things. What's that? I do, just not on the same schedule as you do. Yeah, you'll you'll get to them, and that's what I'm saying. Just not on the same schedule that you do, and that's what that's what I'm saying. You'll get to rebels. You'll get to it. 
But I still still watch it. Just because I don't watch after... Just because I don't watch Arrow and Supernatural as they are on television, as they are playing live, I watch them the next day, doesn't mean that I don't watch After them. Star Wars Episode Eight, maybe you'll be inspired to sit down and watch some Rebels? Just because I don't do it on the same schedule as you does not mean that I don't watch or read things. You're not going to watch it. You'll watch one, I'm going to watch two, it now, out of spite. and then you'll fall out. I will watch at least six before I decide it sucks. No, 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 no. You will hate it and watch the entire thing and punish yourself because you're a sadomasochist. Because I need to know. And you love pain. I need to know. I gotta know what's up. I gotta know how bad that shit is. I can make a decision quicker than an entire series of something. I can make a decision quicker than 52 weekly issues of a book. And what happens happens with S.H.I.E.L.D.? You watch three episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it sucks, so you're out. I didn't... True. That second half is really fucking is it good. good enough to pull me back in? I don't know yeah. if it is. I think it is good enough to pull you back in. And the people involved in it are passionate, comic book people. Maybe they shouldn't have done something that stunk so bad for an entire half season of Were them. they not passionate for their first several episodes? Yeah, but they were bad at it. Passionately bad. Passionately bad. But then they, they got their shit together. I watch and read stuff. Just on a... <laughs> Just not on your schedule. When does Rebels premiere this fall? Nobody knows. I think Matt this knows. Falls. This fall. This is how we're going to solve this. We're going to watch Rebels on <laughs> together on the pizza break, <laughs> and then we're going to come back and talk about it every single episode. Episode number whatever. I guarantee till the spring is going to be all Rebels episodes. <laughs> Rebels update. The McSauce Rebels podcast. I'm going to watch the um, the episodes as they come out. I guarantee it. Yes. Yeah? I am really uninterested in it, but I have to watch it now to prove points. And I've seen more Clone Wars than you. Matt, when you say that, I'm like, part of me is like, alright, it's Star Wars brand, you're into that, you're going to make the commitment. But at the same time, I'm like, it's television, Matt hates television. If it was a Rebels movie every week, absolutely, you're in. Hour and a half, episode once a week, Matt's all over it. Oh, Matt has his popcorn. I will have popcorn. I'm going to DVR it and I'll probably watch it. On like a Friday or a Saturday? I have What's no idea. What's your favorite idea. TV show of all time? Of all time? Mm-hmm. Top three. Top three. I won't put you on the spot all like that. Give me three. Uh, Ed is probably my number one of all time. Oh, damn you. What? Such a deep cut. Ed is a deep cut. <laughs> I know it, but it's a deep cut. I know Ed, but uh, it's a deep cut. I don't know if Ed's a deep cut. Is it not? How many goddamn seasons uh, did Ed run for? Two? One. Does God Are be you fucking kidding me? Ed ran for four seasons? You gotta be shitting me. Hey, Ed is guy. making me swear. That no. guy's gonna be on Flash this season. Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah, you're right. So Ed is... Oh, imagine that. I was right about something. No, I'm not saying. I'm just saying you were right about this. Well, I would like to think I'd know how many seasons my favorite fucking show was. That's true. So, Ed. Ed. Um, I like Roseanne. That's fair. Four seasons for Ed. Nine seasons, if you must know. I believe you. But 
maybe six good ones. Those last two were. But I thought Ed even ran, seven was okay. I thought Ed ran a bowling alley. He did. But it says he's a contract lawyer at a high-profile New York City firm. Yeah, he he was a lawyer, and he got fired, and he came home, and he found his wife cheating on him. So he divorced her, packed up all his shit, and moved back to his hometown of Stuckyville, Justin Long was Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. And Michael Ian Flacken? Yeah. Julie, Julie Bowen? Julie Bowen. How did I miss Ed? You love Ed now! Ed was the greatest... Fucking show ever, obviously, if I put it as number one on my list. I feel like Ed was Jennifer on and off and fast. I never got a and, chance and, to sit down. And Ed... Um, that one guy? John Randall? That one was, dude from, uh, what's his face, Mad Men? White-haired guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played Dennis... The character's name was Dennis Martino. And he was the high school principal. He was such a fucker. But you kind of liked him a little bit, but you kind of hated him, too. Uh, you more hated him, but um, it was so good. It was that slice of life. It, it, all the characters, every one of the characters was immensely likable. You love slice I of do. life. Roseanne being my, my love it. It's a slice. You're such a blue-collar guy. Quotes, shave my poodle. What kind of... What kind of Motorcycle with a blue collar kind of guy. I don't know. We're going to have Harley Davidson. Get you uh, is that what I need a Harley yeah, right. You have to fix it yourself all the time. I don't want to do that. I just want to drive it and look cool. Well, that's out of the cards. Why? I'm not going to wear a helmet. Because you're a dork. Well, yeah, but I won't be talking about how much I like Ed while well, I'm driving well, a motorcycle. All right. What kind of helmet would you buy if you had a Harley? I wouldn't get a helmet. Like one of those... Well, just see, that's cool. Smart. It's cool. Just it's smart. Cool and smart are not the same. You're right. You're right. Just a headband, you know, like a bandana. Is that what you would like? American, like an eagle on it? A bald eagle on American no, flag? No, just black. No, just black. Yeah. Paisley? Maybe. Maybe. You're like your standard do-rag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to start watching Sons of Anarchy if you, if you do this. I feel like you already have the same shoe sensibilities as Captain Hot Stuff from Sons of Anarchy. I don't it's know. Is that what guy's we're name? About. Guy's Charlie. Yeah, Charlie. Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. I think you would be the guy riding the Harley in silly shoes. Oh. You wouldn't have like motorcycle boots or anything. No, I wouldn't like, get boots. No. I mean, this yeah, is what like I'm going to ride. Side. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're going to have to take motorcycle lessons. Yeah. yeah, probably. I don't I don't think... I mean, you got to get a license. If you take the lessons, you can get a license if, if you pass the course. It's like a two-day weekend thing. Anyway, um, my third favorite show... Ed Roseanne. Man, that's a toughie. Um, I... Maybe The Office. Yeah? Yeah, maybe The Not Office. Married with Children? Married with Children's so up there, but only the first... Three seasons are solid, yeah. and then by season four, it's really starting to fall apart. I think The Office was pretty solid through about Wait, five or six seasons. Did you Married with Children was falling apart by season four? Yes, that is correct. And it went a long time. It went like ten seasons. Eleven. Eleven. That's a Like, really? You only give it four seasons? There was some good... Jefferson Woods' face shit in there. Mm, yeah, maybe, but the the tone of it is markedly different than the tone of it in the Steve era, and Steve was, like, way better than Jefferson. 
like they understood who Steve was as a character. I don't think they really got Jefferson until much, much after he was introduced. Well, you know, Ted McGinley kills sitcoms. Well, he is the king of sitcoms. That's killers. not really true because Married with Children went for several seasons more after uh, whatever Steve's that actor's name is after Steve left. Ted McGinley, Jefferson Darcy. What's Steve? Oh, David Garrison. David Steve Garrison, Rose. yes. So you think The Office? Is yeah, up there? probably The Office. The last season that I watched was the one with the wedding. Mm. And after that, after Jim and Pam got married, yeah. I thought that I was done with it. Yeah, I'd like to watch the rest of the seasons and see how how it went. I checked out before the series ended because it got so unwatchable. Yeah. Um, I, I quit in the during the last season. Yeah. I couldn't make it. But I heard the last three were pretty good. Plus, um, uh, Steve Carell comes back for a cameo. Um, you know, like I, I didn't say. You know, Batman the animated series is probably I would probably put that over the Office. But I guess I was thinking more sitcommy kind of like live action stuff. That's how I was thinking too. Yeah. I, uh... And I and you know I I glossed over like shit like. The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. I mean, is that in the running? Yeah, okay. sure. It's a TV show. Anything. Anything, yeah, anything in the running. It doesn't have to be yeah. a You could have series. said Tiny Tunes no. Adventures, and I would have been like, Do yes. we need to get so deep into this now, or do we, can we save this for the TV episode? Podcast? Isn't that what we're doing? Yeah. He asked. We had... We had an itinerary tonight. I'm sorry for deviating during a conversational podcast. conversation. We just have conversations. We talk about things we're passionate about. I forgot how on track we need to be how for, for calling the DT. Tanner is yeah. like, ain't that the truth? DT. That's fine because that house was chaos without him. Like really I was. said, he was the Batman of the Full House house. So, so you're, anyway, the, you're the Batman of the Mixos House? house yeah, tell me here that should be well, what, what is What is Ian? I can't wait till we kick him off and do an episode Ian's without like, him. Ian's like Harvey Dent. Harvey Sometimes Dent? Sometimes he's Is that because he's half and half? How dare you? Sometimes he's for the chaos. Sometimes he likes the order. That's why I sit in the middle. Yeah, we know. So wait, I just like the chaos? But you're like, yeah, you're like the Riddler. You're not as cool as the Joker. But you're kind of for chaos. He's not as cool as the Joker. No. You know why? Because the Riddler would get a motorcycle. With a big question mark on it. Hey, I might get a... For what's my sexuality. Oh. Oh, there he is. But anyway, are we going to talk about the spoilers... That were released about the Star Wars... Oh, that's right. There were some plot points that were released. However, they may or may not be true. Yeah, and did you guys hear about the like the fake script that was released about um, the new Superman... Batman v Superman movie that was completely false and it got circulated around a lot. And then the person that released that came out and said, This is because everybody... In this community, likes to attack people for things that aren't even real. So I put this out here so that to teach you people a lesson or some shit like that. 
You guys hear about that? And I'm sure now people will stop judging shit so harshly. So exactly. Quickly. I mean, he so really showed the world. <laughs> the first thing I thought about this after you guys told me was like, uh, is this another? So this knucklehead wrote an entire script for nothing. Way to waste your time, idiot. Yeah, I heard that there was a there was a script released credited to Kevin Smith that he didn't write. That's right. He came out and said, I have nothing to do with this. I'm a real writer. I would write a real story. And eventually, the person responsible for it came out and said that that was his intention to kind of put a spotlight on people in the community and and I guess basically our speculation community and say, you shouldn't jump on people before you know the real facts and blah, 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 blah. But... I mean, that's what we all do in this which era. Is, which is why this recent Star Wars script news is needs to be taken with a grain of salt. So, Matt, since you're a resident Star Wars expert, would you like to tell the fans? Yeah, what I read online is that they're going to uh, start the movie. You're going to have your, your traditional opening crawl with the words and everything going up. And then after that, the camera pans down into the space... And rather than seeing the traditional vehicle flying overhead, in this case we're going to see an object kind of just tumbling throughout space. And as it turns out, it's going to be Luke Skywalker's severed hand still gripping his lightsaber from when Darth Vader cut it off at the end of The Empire Strikes Back. This hand will then float down into the atmosphere of Tatooine. Not burning up in the atmosphere or I anything don't know. like that. Maybe the hand will disintegrate and only the lightsaber lands. I don't know. Whatever. It lands in the sands of Tatooine and uh, two of the younger new members of the Star Wars cast come across it and like, oh, this is interesting, a lightsaber. And then they go talk to their old buddy Han Solo. Or they find Han Solo. I'm not really sure. And they say, hey, look at this. This lightsaber. Do you know who this belongs to? Wow, does this sound contrived. And Han Solo says, oh, yeah, that's Luke Skywalker's. We should go give it back to him. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go find Luke Skywalker. We haven't seen him since... I can already tell how you feel about The Battle of Endor. (laughs) We haven't seen Luke since the Battle of Endor. But, damn it, he needs his lightsaber that he has since built a much cooler... Well, I don't know if it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Let's assume. A cooler, better green lightsaber. He doesn't even need this blue one anymore. He hasn't missed it in 37 years. Everybody that knows simple colors know that green trumps blue. No. Negative. Yeah, the biggest problem I had with that was... So, something... Something went down. That they haven't talked to their boy... In 30 years. But all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we better get this back to him. It's almost like a, oh yeah, I remember Luke Skywalker. Shit, I should look him up. Man, if only we had Facebook still. If we still had Facebook, we could just look him up that way. But since this is Star Wars, we have to actually use light speed to travel across the galaxy. It seems. Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Nice. I hate you. <laughs> Why do I feel like I would have been punched in the face if I had made that joke? I'm here all night, folks. To See, I'm disappointed that I didn't make that joke. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there's no space book, so they decide they're going to fly wherever. It, so this, the premise supposedly is... This is an awful movie. For Luke Skywalker. 
Yeah, what's the conflict? It's returning a fucking lightsaber. Yeah. It's, wow, is that dumb? Well, the 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 plot that was released was that you know while in the meantime while um, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega team up with Han and Chewie to go find Luke, the bad guys are doing whatever they're doing. So when does when do these two stories dovetail, and what reason do they have to dovetail? It doesn't feel like any, there's there's any kind of urgency. It's a random. Thing that happens. It's contrived it's as so shit. It's like, like, look at how we're tying this back to the Empire Strikes Back. Remember his hand, and you saw it go down like the garbage chute or whatever. Think about in how, Cloud City. Think about how far away Cloud City must be from Tatooine. It went down the gas mine. Think about, think about the chances of that hand and lightsaber finding his it's so dumb. finding. The people that are that are gonna know somebody who knows something about that object. It's it. You said it. It's contrived. It's beyond um, contrived. It's, it's a very thin. Now, but I'm praying that this is a joke. I'm totally comfortable with Luke Skywalker having went into some kind of seclusion. Um, yeah. Whatever. The, that sounds very Jedi like, right? Right. And 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 then Han Solo and his friends have to go and find him because a new threat has arisen. That makes sense. Other than that, this oh, we have to return his lightsaber to him, even though he has built another one. And even though we haven't seen him in 30 years. And this we're, is not, the, we're essentially not friends anymore. This is the thing that's going to make us go and find him in a galaxy. Paul, is there anything that, that you would find that... Belong to one of your friends from 35 years ago that would make you get in the car and go deliver it to him today? Maybe as a child? Maybe. But I'm talking about something... If I find some of your stuff in my house, I probably wouldn't bring it over today. (laughs) Artie's had a couple of mine for three weeks now. I've seen him twice since then. I have his... I have a say anything CD. Yeah, that this, I will not return. This premise has to be false. There's it's, no it's way. So it's like they so bad. It's like they set it up to parallel some of the original trilogy, but really? didn't think about how. Cause, yeah, because the the droids land and then they the have droids to deliver land, them to the find Obi Wan and they go meet. But Han the droids had maybe Han Chewie. But the droids had a purpose. The droids were delivering a message of urgency. <laughs> no, maybe, you're shrugging your shoulders like they did. Maybe the, the well, no. What I mean, what I'm shrugging my shoulders, no, is like, yeah, the hand and lightsaber has no. Urgency. Okay, I mean, like, no, it's, it's not. It's there, there, yeah, there is no urgency. If he really needed this, hit him. The, the like, midi chlorians. At this point, Han Solo's like, I don't know what that is anymore. The midi chlorians in in the hand that are left have willed. Use the force to will itself back to its like origin planet uh, of Tatooine. Gross. I don't know, man. Like, come on. That, that's what they're going to use. No, it's not. But Luke wasn't even born on Tatooine, so it wouldn't be willing itself. No, back he to wasn't. Where it came but from. but everything keeps going back, back to, to this where planet. the most compiled essence of that person are was. Where would I have left most of my essence? In the bathroom, or did you guys on ever see? <laughs> did you guys ever see the Dark Crystal 
And when yeah, they were draining yeah. the We've essence talked about up, the, yeah, yeah. It, like, as if it's, like, freshly squeezed essence juice. Yeah, like, what does that taste like? I I feel like grapefruit juice. That's what it tastes oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, like, pink. Kinda. Yeah, and not only that, but you might get, like, little pieces of shit yeah, in like, it. like, oh, that's your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You, so, you're leaving essence so on anyway, screen again. So, anyway, consensus, none of us are particularly stoked about the general kind of vibe about this rumor. Well, I'm not, I'm not even buying it. Right. After, like, talking it out, reading it, and, and having a discussion about it, it seems so far blown, so bad, yeah. honestly, yeah. that I would not say that anybody involved with this would, would write this story. I just, I, but, I think they're better filmmakers than that. But we feel comfortable if the premise is Luke's old friends are looking for him for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. No, but, no, oh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not cool with that because if the I don't, I can't wrap my brain around the fact that they haven't been a f- tight knit family since the end of Return of the Jedi. But that makes you it mean it- to fucking tell me like Han and Chewie haven't seen Luke or Leia in thirty years. Well, that, no, that just makes, Luke. Just, just Luke. that doesn't that interest for, me. That, that makes, makes me mad. That makes for an interesting story. That doesn't make for an interesting story. That no, conflict? it fucking doesn't. That question no, no. of what it, happened it makes me mad. It immediately pisses me off. Why the why why the fuck wouldn't they be fucking friends? Then it's not some bullshit team up where because Luke oh, fuck you, Leia. All right, you're Superman and Spider Man. You're clearly two good guys. Well, you're gonna fucking fight before you realize. Oh fuck. We need to fight the real two bad guys. Two good guys don't no. fight? No, two, they're two good. Two good guys don't fight? They're good, clear-headed, rational guys. They're going to meet. Is gonna everybody like that all the time? We're good guys. We're good guys. We, we got to go get the bad guy. There's not no story you can write unless Luke fucks Leia behind Han's back that there's a reason for Han and Luke to not be best friends there, there 30 is, years later. So that happens in real life, and people never that have good intentions never butt up against each other and some little teeny tiny insignificant thing happens and those two friends part ways for 30 years. That happens every single day. The interesting thing is what happened? That's the intrigue of that story. You don't like it, but that's what would be the intrigue of finding Luke and then finding the mystery what happened between those two? No, it isn't. Because they're fucking family at the end of Return of the you, Jedi. You don't fight with your family? Yeah, but you don't fucking not... You don't... That People core, do. That, that core, happens. You don't not talk to them for 30 years. It can happen. What could be so big and bad? And that could be the like center said, that they build the story around. Luke fucks Leia, and that's not... And what maybe Disney's that's what do. they do! That's not what Disney's gonna do. Matt... Where do you weigh in? I think it's fine. You think it's fine that Han and Luke are not friends for 30 years? I think that they could have parted on amicable terms. You know, Luke had to go and do what he had to, he had to follow his destiny to rebuild the Jedi Order, whatever. Whatever. Well, that's fine. This goes back to my larger problem with the Star Wars universe and the prequels. When Anakin Should goes bring off. the prequels into it. Well, because this is the only they time... They always have nothing to do with this argument right, right. at this point. Because this is the only time... And, but you know what? On top of it, fuck Jar Jar Binks and his floppy-eared face. Because this is the only time that it makes a legitimate appearance. It doesn't happen in the original trilogy. But 
So you're telling me that there's no method of communication in 30 years. Even if Luke's off doing the Jedi Temple, Han's doing whatever, what they, can't, they can't make a phone call. Oh, or what if a you don't want to talk to somebody? Like, hey, buddy, what's going oh, on? What if you aren't buddy anymore? What if something happened that was so catastrophic that you're not friends anymore? That, doesn't, don't. that happens in real that, life, not in movie sagas. Happens in supernatural all the time. Supernatural sucks because of that. You're attaching too much. That doesn't happen in Star Wars. What if that happens? Yeah, for us. What if that happens? Maybe maybe it happens in this new Star Wars. Maybe that's something that was missing from the galaxy. Maybe maybe that's what they want to do with it. Maybe Luke was kidnapped. No, is ridiculous. Maybe he was taken prisoner. Who knows? He just went missing. That's different than. They're not friends. Anymore. The point and is, they've made, an, the they, point, they've made a conscious decision to not be friends. The point is, but maybe in this movie years. they're trying to find him. He's the baddest Jedi in the galaxy. He can fuck up whatever. They are not trying to find him because he is doing. So there's nothing once. So there's nothing in. Well, then maybe he's doing what? What is he doing? That that what he wants? That he is not returning calls. It involves calling his fucking sister and brother-in-law. Even tangentially through Leia, Han knows where Luke's at. Maybe he is so powerful. That he's blocking her out. He doesn't want anybody to know. He's not he's an a asshole. He's a, you don't know. You don't know him. And we know him. You don't know him. He's been gone for 30 years. You don't know him. I don't know why you're fighting this fight. Because it's the logical side of this know. fight. I do know. Because you're an asshole. <laughs> That's why. Because you know just as well as I no. do. Yeah, you this do. This is the interesting you way do. to do this no, story. It isn't. Hey, John Boyega, help me find Luke because he's an asshole now. That's that's awesome. That dude doesn't return text messages. <laughs> he doesn't re- return text holograms or whatever the fuck they do. Oh. Anakin. Anakin can't talk to his mom when he's at the Jedi Temple. Call your mom! Come on, bro. Matt? I think you're an angry drunk. <laughs> you're just as angry as I am. <laughs> just as drunk. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a friendly drunk. When I'm drunk, drunk, I'm a friendly drunk. I, I hug, I touch, I'm tactile. That what are like, you right now? That sounds like a rapey drunk. <laughs> I hug, I touch. <laughs> With a finger thingy, just yeah, they just fingered the air. I think that you are putting your childhood love of Luke Skywalker. And not letting him grow into a crotchety old man, which he is in this version of the story. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You disagree, I know! Stop looking at me like that! So, I thought we had a nice <laughs> argument about Star Wars. Is there anything else that we want to cover... Real quick here, at the end of the podcast, any other topics? Yeah, The Rock is going to play Shazam. He is. Now, I don't know what he said. Can you guys fill me in on what the hints he gave to the media were? 
The Rock said he's playing a character just as powerful as Superman. You really wanted to be Green Lantern, but that's already the Green Lantern story has already been done, so he's not going to be Jon Stewart. But he's playing a character as powerful as Superman. And at the very end of the interview, he says, "All you got to do is say the word." Oh wow! I'm like, yeah. Wow. How fucking subtle can you be, Dwayne Johnson? Wow. <laughs> he should have said Shazam. Yeah, and then lightning hit him, <laughs> which is which is cool. I think uh, I think Dwayne Johnson can handle a big child like Shazam, and I'm fine with uh, him not being super white. Yeah, are you fine with that? Yeah, yeah. I am. That's I am. good. That's I good because he's going to come I from a Dwayne family Johnson. full of multi. I don't know if they can wrap all the ethnicity up in Billy Batson. They may not need to have super ethnic. They're going to have to have some handicapped. They're going to have to have some. Freddie Freeman was never handicapped before. Matt, are you okay with Dwayne Johnson and Shazam? Yeah, for the most part. I've always felt like in the comics that Shazam almost looked a little ethnic. He almost looked Asian to me. His eyes were always kind of. Tighter, like yeah. clothes. Yeah, like big, thick face with tiny eyes. Yeah, yeah, and and Dwayne Johnson is ethnic in his own right, but these ethnicities aren't matching for what I expect out of Shazam. So while he is a big superhero-looking guy and everything, and, and he's going to bring that childlike quality to the character, that's all right on, but I just don't know if he has the the right face and the right kind of coloring and the right haircut. Well, what we've seen from Dwayne Johnson in, in his entire movie career is that his skin tone can go from white to straight up black. When I is mean, it white? He can do he can do the game. When is it white? He's always either tan or black. Uh, really tan. Really tan white guy. He can get away with whatever he wants. But this Shazam is going to be... They keep adding... It's going to be ethnic. They keep adding... What I'm really liking about these DC movies and the casting is that they keep getting big motherfuckers to play the superheroes. And they're going to look like superheroes. Henry Cavill's the, the baby. He's like the little guy. Superman is the little, the little weakling of everyone that they've put in there so far. If anybody looks like a comic book superhero brought to life... It's Dwayne Johnson. I think this was a great move to make him Shazam, if that's where they're going with it, which it seems like it, because the the theory for a while was to make him Black Adam, which I think is a mistake. You want that that actor with that charisma and that draw to be the the centerpiece of your film. Um, He can play to the all different kinds of audiences, to, to kids, to adults, everybody likes Dwayne Johns. There is a adults very adults. Adults, come on, <laughs> adults. There's a adults. very bit supporting actor who's been around. Either of you may have seen him places. I've seen him a bunch of places. His name is Brandon Malau, and he's he's mentioned playing Shazam before because he looks just like the fucking comic book version. Of Shazam. His last name is spelled M-O-L-A-L-E. And he's petitioned to be Shazam. And he looks like 
Captain Marvel's always looked in the comics. He looks like the guy, but he also doesn't have the big movie star charismatic personality as someone like The Rock. So he's going to lose out, which is unfortunate because the guy's a big dude and he can bulk up. How and do he you spell his name? M O L A L E. M A L O M O L. M A L E. O L A L E. And he can step, bulk that guy up, he can step right off the page and be the Shazam we've seen in That's exactly, yeah. I mean, he's great. Right. But since he has more of that guest star supporting character quality, he's not going to get it over Dwayne Johnson. But if he would have gotten it, the fanboys would have went apeshit and been like, perfect. How rare is it that you see a guy that looks just like a comic book character? Than this guy. Well, I think that DC also <laughs> painted itself into a corner because they're trying to put all this stuff together all at once before they really have more than one proven product out there. Uh, you know, Marvel can take, Marvel can do a Chris Hemsworth in Thor, a pretty unknown actor, and put him in that role as a starring role for a big name character and get away with it because they have already proven before that they can make really good movies with these big stars. So it's not a big leap of faith to take somebody that's lesser known and put them in that starring role. If DC would have had two or three movies in their cinematic universe in the bag before announcing this, maybe Brandon Malau would have gotten a chance to to be cast. I think think there's a, a Hollywood casting sense that goes into this because Brandon Malau's been around a long time. I've seen him in, like, different bit roles on, like, CSI and Castle. Like, he's always around in the background, but he's never had that break. Chris Hemsworth doesn't have that extensive resume. He came up, he put in his little bit of time as a, you know, up-and-coming actor, and then, boom, he's the big guy. So you think that the lesser... I don't think Brandon Malau has what it takes to be Chris Hemsworth, Dwayne Johnson, or even Henry Cavill. So then, is it a good thing, then, even though this guy looks like the embodiment of the character taken right out of the book, but he might not have the chops to handle that, isn't it a good thing, then, that they're casting a big actor like The Rock? Yeah, I'm I'm not against Dwayne Johnson. I, I just wanted to point out that this guy looks... Really fucking. He, he looks, looks like pretty Captain Marvel yeah, right off the looks page. Close, yep. But yep. like uh, Matt brought up the picture of Dwayne Johnson looks just like Black Adam. Yeah. Because Black Adam, you know, Billy Batson, he has you know mixed American heritage. He's a white kid, but Black Adam is straight up Egyptian. Dwayne Johnson can play Egyptian, as we've seen from the Scorpion King. See that. Hitting all the bases. You want your diversity? We've got it right here. Matt, is there anything else you'd like to add? Nope. I think we covered it. I think uh, I think you need a cold shower after this episode. You're a little worked up. <laughs> I'm not horny. You probably I mean, after, you probably are. After looking at dark Matt- crystal stills. <laughs> That was a cup of coffee, maybe? Well, Matt's never been drunk, so he doesn't know how you come down from being drunk. True. He thinks a cold shower is what it takes. 
My name is Cold Shower Paul McGinty. With me tonight are... Hot Cup of Coffee, Ian Sharpley. And Matt Casale. And signing off for the big episode 65, the episode where we officially lap our podcast brethren. That's not what lapping is. Yeah, that is lapping. It's no, when it you, isn't. It's when you we, catch them coming around the track. Yeah, but that would be if we did uh, 170 episodes. That is true. We would have to go the full way around and go back. Well, we do. I'm sorry, 100, 100, 130. We do pull ahead. Never to be surpassed again. Okay. Yeah. We'd have to double them to lap them. But we love them so much. So. Alright. Paul McGinty. Ian Charlie. We're, we're doing it again? Do it again. Say your name. Magus out. We'll see you next time. What'd she say? She's like, well, you know, I don't know what happens with these guys. They just do it. <laughs> <laughs>